Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Thursday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on a Thursday edition. Jeff, welcome in. It's uh, it's Thursday. It rained on the way here. I don't know if it rained at your house or on your drive here, but it was like I was getting ready and all of a sudden it like thunder boomed for like two minutes and then I walk outside and it's just gone. Yeah, it, it wasn't raining on the way here, but it did rain. I've got everything at the house is wet, which I, I banked on that because I didn't water the garden yesterday because I saw that there was chances overnight. And so I was kind of like, man, you know what? I'm just going to hope for the best, hope it rides out, and hope we get some rain. And it did. <laughs> just ride it out. Ride it out. I I, uh, I didn't turn the sprinkler on last night for the yard because I'm a – like I'm normally – and we've had this – I'm a, a – uh, it's a documented non mower. <laughs> I'm a I'm not a mowing guy. Like I like it to look good. Sure. And so I think that keeps me going, but I'm not a man, I wish that thing grow about another inch yeah, so no I thanks. could knock that mower out. I'm good. No, no, honestly, I'm an every ten day guy and I usually regret it every tenth day. Uh and uh but I'll say my front yard, I try to keep it not looking like the Serengeti uh, <laughs> because it will because it's full sun like all day, every day. Like it at the waking moment of the sun up, it's getting sun. And then dang, eight thirty, nine o'clock, it's the last thing not to get sun. So it's uh, it's pretty abused at that level. And uh, so I try to sprinkler if it doesn't rain for multiple days in a row, like I don't ever let it go probably more than three days without some water. I feel like that's just uh that's just good good upkeep. I don't like, you know, aerated or Th- anything. Throw in your lawn a bone. I know you're thirsty. Yeah, right. Now I ain't throwing out like no triple nineteen or nothing <laughs> trying to get in it to grow, but I'm just not wanting what is there to die. But uh but anyway, so I I was like yesterday it was kinda on that brink of that thing and it was late because we had to we had to run to Sevier County and you know, of course we had to like gas mask into mm. there because that's like that's hotbed right now. Um and I'm just like, you know, because one, it's not just about turning it on. I, I'm not fancy and got the timer or whatever. So you got to turn it on. Then you got to come all the way back down steps and turn it off. So I was like, that'll be fine. Yeah. And, and in my mind, I justified it. I'm like, the dew's enough, right? <laughs> like, that's enough liquid, right? But anyway, I didn't. And then when it rained this morning, I'm like, oh, yeah. Senses told me not <laughs> to do that. But, but anyway, Jeff, you know, it, it's funny. Uh sports are starting to trickle back in right you know over the last couple months we've done everything from from talk about a hundred years ago uh to talk about former players in the area to talk in old tennessee football we've done it all i mean we've we've spanned the gamut right uh we did start bench cup for like a month and really talked about every snack food every every movie everything that we could think of but they're starting to trickle back Two days ago, actually talked a little bit about it yesterday, but want your take on it. Baseball said they're coming back. Baseball and the Players Association finally agreed to a 60-game schedule, uh, 40 games of their divisional round, and then interleague play will will compensate the other 20 games. Uh, Standard teams will go to the playoffs. Uh, They're going to limit the travel. They're going to do some things to keep it from, you know, coast-to-coast travel. But 
Baseball's upon us. Said July 23rd, 24th timing will be opening day should everything go go as planned. What do you think? You, you like the season? There's a couple rules I want to ask you your thoughts on, but uh, you like a 60-game season? Do you? What do you think about that? What, what interests me with a 60-game season is what teams that are just terrible are going to look at this like this is our shot. We don't have to be good for 162. We just got to be good for 60. Right. And you know, I'm in Pirates. I'm looking at you. Come on now. <laughs> I, you know, and they're they're keeping the trade deadline open till August 31st, so they could they yeah. could spend some money and do and, just what you're saying. And so for me, it's w- what teams are going to come out of the bottom and and just play some great baseball. And, well, and, and you know and you can there. you can run a bigger roster yep. for the first two weeks of the season. Then it's going to go down to twenty eight, and then it's going to settle out at twenty six. I'll be honest; I'm definitely interested. It's got me. It's got me more interested than normal seasons. I love that they're going to play sixty games in sixty six days. Yeah, I'm like, that's moving. That that's is that's moving, boys. That's overtime pay. Is what that yeah. is, and uh, some some double header days because you can't tell me they're only going to have six days off in three months. It's going to be – they're going to be doubleheader days to open another day oh, through yeah, the week. definitely. But they said early on the Dodgers and the Yankees are the, the odds-on favorite just because they got a lot of big bats, a lot of good pitching. And, and again, in short spurts, if you can stay healthy, that's that's the, the recipe. Think, yeah, I think the hitting is going to be where it's at because when when you're going to play this many games in this short amount of time, your, your bullpen is going to be constantly going. You think the Yankees can get to 100 home runs in 60 games? Ooh. I think so. Yeah, probably. I, would, I mean, if I anybody's would, going to. I would put a cold carbonated soft drink on it. Yeah. Anybody who wants to pick, uh, they if, a short sponsorship would get you any anything. We'll, we'll pick <laughs> your drink if you'll say that. But anyway. And this home run's bought to you by. Yeah. I'm just, we, me and uh, Jason Ward were talking yesterday about, you know, no fans in the stands because that's kind of a thing. I was like, well, it would have looked funny if they had the judges' chambers in New York with like plexiglass boxes in there. With each that judge, would be pretty funny. With each judge in there, that'd have been interesting. Well, you know, here's the thing too: they're getting. They could have brought their like robe up across their face. That's a mask, and right? then you're totally fine. Totally. I, I think they're getting a little bit of what to expect from NASCAR. You know, you, they let people in, and what's the first thing they did? Oh yeah. Everybody went right to each other. So that might be, you know, they might put something in place to try to do something about that. You know, I don't know what it could be, but I think, or they just may not care at all. Here's my thing, and this has been my my take on the whole deal, and I understand asymptomatic, I understand all this. If you temp check and require them to wear a mask, and if they you see them with their mask off and they're within six foot of somebody, kick them out, you've done what you can do. Li- yeah. Liability-wise, yeah, exactly. it should be on the person at that point. Yeah. Uh, and I understand, you know, everybody's like, but wearing a mask is hot. Okay, watch from home. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's that dynamic. But So two rules that the new baseball season's coming out with that that I I just question the vi- the validity or the reasoning not so much that I dislike either one of them honestly uh, first one is is National League will have a designated hitter the pitcher will not hit they said it was my understanding is it was a to limit exposure situation I'm like you're adding more players how is that limiting anything and and ultimately the other eight players you know, are doing the the double duty. They're playing in the field. They're doing so. I don't know if it's because I don't know. The only thing the pitcher interacts with directly is that ball that goes from catcher to pitcher. I don't know. 
I don't know why you would do that. I don't know the benefit of that. And maybe they're trying to get some data together to push a either all go one way or the other from a league standpoint. Uh, I don't know. But, I mean, do you see any – and medically, I'm not – I didn't dig into that side of it. But I just – I feel like that's just doing something to do something. It is. It's a ruse. It's to me. That's what that is. It's not about. They're not going to be any more risk, or they're going to not going to risk anyone else anymore, because you've got eight other guys out there doing the same thing. To me, this has always been a push, because you've got one league doing it one way and one league doing it another, and one of them. I mean, one of them had to change, in my opinion. And for them, I think it's easier to just add a designated hitter than it would be to take it away. And you have a lot of prominent teams in the American League that would probably have some heartburn over it. Are you you pro-DH or do you like the pitcher hitting? I like the pitcher hitting, but at the same time, it's almost a guaranteed out. And for me, see, and I that's don't under, boring. But I don't understand why. You know, a guy at work and I were talking uh, yesterday, and he was like, they had to hit in Little League. They had to hit yeah. in college. Yeah. So why are they so bad? And I was like, well, they're not used to seeing, you know, 90-plus all the time in college. I mean, you'll see it on a Friday night in college. You'll see it even in the Southeastern Conference on Saturdays. But normally Sunday, you're in that, that high 80s guy. And 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 I think the speed of the game, the ex- expectation, and the really the work put in at the major league level, you just don't see that. So I, but but I like the strategy of 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 the pitcher hitting. Like I'm torn holistically on this deal because I love the strategy of the pitcher having to hit because you can't just American League just oh change a pitcher oh change a pitcher right. You, you, do you and you have to ask yourself in the National League do you switch pitchers? before or after he hits, because you kind of got to think about who's good, who's not. That is a caveat to the system, right? But on the flip, I'm an American League guy in a way to where I I like home runs. Exactly. Put me a knife guy in there that can bomb. So, and that's one thing, too, is because switch pitcher, switch pitcher, switch pitcher, that extends the game. You know, that that draws that out. I If the pitcher hitting – wasn't almost always a guaranteed out or a strikeout or a ground ball back to the pitcher, you know, it then I would be all for it. But because it's just it's, since, it's since a lull. we're since we're kind of going monopoly style and just doing what we want to do in baseball, I mean just what whatever. Why don't we just for pitchers, because we know they're not really good hitters, let's start them off uh two one when they come to the play. Or two oh even. Yeah. Just give them two two balls, get it to, out of there. Uh, and, and make the pitcher be tight with a pitcher. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I, I can't count how many times you watch a pitcher walk up and take a bunt stance. Like nice. he doesn't he doesn't even try to fool the pitcher into thinking he's gonna bunt. I'm gonna start this way from the get go. And to me, I'm like that's just so terrible. That is boring. That I don't want to see that. So for them to say, yeah, we're gonna give the National League a designated hitter do it sure i'm good speeds with it. it up yeah speeds it's fine because now i don't have to see that he sounds you sound like you're a little miffed over it's just and the and pitchers can hit there are some in the league right now that that's get up there and they'll jack one out of the park who's the, who's that guy that's played for like every team now and he's a big hefty guy Ooh, oh, what's his name he's like a cult hero 
because you know he's played for everybody. He's really overweight and heavy, and like a couple years ago he cranked one out. It's the first time. Pitcher? Yeah. Mm. Big dude. Played for. I mean, he's played for the Braves. He's played for the Yankees. He's played for the Angels. He's played for everybody. I don't watch. I'm looking. To Roberto Colon or Bartolo Colon. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. He's a monster. But he hit a home run. Yeah. I feel like if you if you lay one across there, all of them have the potential to. Hit I think one, so too. Right. I think they are told not to. Well, I, I think it is one of those deals. Like if you have someone swing for the fences through and they pull something exactly, and you've got him down for twenty days. Yep, it's probably not ideal. So yeah, they're like if you if they deliver you one, put it in play. But otherwise, just stand there. Yeah, exactly. And so maybe they're just forcing that out. They're just saying, you know, that's what I think. We're doing. not gonna, we're not gonna, you know, lengthen the game and make give somebody another opportunity to turn the channel. Quite and frankly. and that's why I I'm put a DH in. I'm good with it. So so Jason Ward sent me a text and he said, you know, another one of the rules that we were going to talk about is the the in extra innings they're going to put a guy on second base, like to start the inning, like mm. somebody's on second base. Uh, in extra innings, the question is, and I, and Jason, if if I don't get this right, you'll have to you know, either message me back or give us a give us a quick shout. But do they get to pick who goes to second base? Is it the is it the last guy? You know, the last out is he the one that goes to second base? Because I think that is that's a really interesting point because you could pinch hit a speedster, you could do a lot of things. But if you make it the last out goes to second base. To me, that's that's logical. You know, it's the luck of the draw moment, which you could still pitch run, even if it is your last out. You just kind of got to take that batting the next time. But so this is something that I mean, we've experienced in softball. They made that change where they added a runner on second base, and to be honest, it makes it a little bit dynamic. You you now. You're not just starting fresh, strike them all out. Get you know, if a ball gets in play, you're still okay. It, it's if a ball gets in play, there's get, no mistakes. Well, if it gets out of the infield, you're losing. You, right. Well, at at that level, but they'll have a return trip. But yeah, I think uh, it, it definitely throws a wrench in the situation. But my my whole take on it was is I think it's a it's a cool ad because yeah, it puts pros in a in a pinch. And and honestly, baseball doesn't have a ton of those. I think they're trying to avoid the 17 inning games. Right, I think is what they're trying to avoid. They're trying to avoid the eleven and twelve game in- innings, and I I would venture to say that this is probably something that they've always wanted to do, but they've never been able to do it, and they've never been able to get the players' association to buy off on until Rona. Yeah, and now they can say, well, you're just at risk if you're having a twelve inning game. Is that what you really want? Right, and they're like, well, no, of course not. Well, hey, let's try this. Well, and and they're they're looking to speed the game up because they're they're not wanting to take away any of the challenges. They're not wanting to do uh, some of the things that you could do to speed get the speed the game up. So I think they're trying to leave the foundation of the game and then just put in some yeah. pieces. But I just I love how they're they're using that umbrella. It's like it's you see it all over. Oh well, you know why that did that, Rona. Yeah, you know why that did that, Rona. It's just it's it's a buzzword, if you will. It is, uh, but you know, if you need it, you need it. But I'll say this: I think uh, it, it'll put a little bit more dynamic to the to the games. It'll shorten the games a little bit. Uh, but I, I asked myself this question: How many games are they really going to help? 
because I mean, in, oh, and I didn't I didn't look this up, but over the course of a season, I mean, uh, of a one sixty two game season, what well, well, you maybe have fifteen twenty extra inning games. More times than not, it goes to maybe ten. There's there's a lot of tens. Yeah, you but just not a lot, a of, lot of not a lot of eleven, twelve, seventeen, whatever that looks like. So, are they impacting a lot? Probably not. But I like that that's there. So so no longer is it well. Let's just let's just take it to extra innings. Do you really want that? Right. If you finish it right now, you're the master of your own fate. The bases are the way they should be. You take it to extra innings. If you especially if you're on the road, if you don't get it done. First thing, you better you better strike a bunch of guys out because if it goes in play, you're in bad shape. I wonder how they will score that. How you how you have automatically a runner on second? Well, because isn't it, at that rate, you're right. Wouldn't everybody want to be the guy? Yeah, put me a, on second. Oh, cool! I got a double, and I did nothing. Yeah, I would think that part wouldn't be scored. But I'm just saying, like, if I'm a guy who's like, you know, trying to be the the you know, the runs king or whatever. Mm, yeah, like RBIs, Who scored yeah. the most guy? Well, or who scored the most? You know, who actually crossed the plate the most? Then you're like, well, heck yeah, it's halfway there. Exactly. And I didn't do anything. Yep. So, but it's going to be whoever's fast. Like, that's just, that's an unwritten rule. If 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 the chunker is who gets put on second base, they're going to go, might as well go ahead and pat, and pat <laughs> that arm because it's coming out. Somebody's going in. But, uh, you know, Jeff, it's, it's, a, it's a dynamic situation that – that it, it's very true. It's just like football. They're 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 trying things in lieu of Corona. Yep. They're saying, you know what? This is an opportunity to tweak the game in effort of player safety. Yeah, I'm good with it. And you know, yeah, I'm cool with it. I just I just wish they'd just say, no, we we want to do this for a while, and since the season's a lot shorter, we'll try it out on this season. And that's what I think's the case. I just think they can't say that. Right. We can though. We can. We shall yeah. can, and we did. We we pulled and that mask we did. off, we did. old man Jenkins. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, in, in, uh, what was it, wretched kids? Yes, I can't remember what he said. But anyway, let, we need to get to a quick break. We've we've worn <laughs> out the Major League Baseball story, but let's take us a break. Listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, Philip Fulmer released an article or had an interview yesterday where he talked about fans in the stands, and I quote: "I expect to play in front of full stadiums." That was our athletic director yesterday we'll talk about that entire article some questions that led up to that comment and then some other things that are going around college football as we unfold and get closer to what hopefully is a fall camp to be had we'll talk about it all on the flip side of the break you're listening to the grind 100.9 fm 850 a.m and streaming at wkvl.com we'll be back you don't want to miss it Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. 
Blunt Partnership is committed to leading the Blunt County business community through this coronavirus outbreak. We will continue to be a resource for all businesses as well as supplying up-to-date information for our community. Please check out our website for updated information at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. During the Safer at Home order, Knox Area Rescue Ministries has continued to provide a home to those without one. It's shown why CARM is an essential business in our community. CARM Stores was recently designated as an essential business as well. CARM Stores, thank you for your previous support and are excited to announce the reopening of donation centers and stores. As we resume receiving your generous donations, we recognize that business might not be completely as usual. We will continue to monitor guidelines from local officials and practice safe social distancing recommendations. We appreciate your continued support of Knox Area Rescue Ministries and CARM stores as we remain dedicated to serving the homeless, needy, and vulnerable during this time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. Have you heard about or seen the Grand's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grand from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Got golf? iguanifarmsgolf.com, 970-7132. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blount County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with. And I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007. Or you can check out their work online, 42sd.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007 or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports.
And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on a Thursday edition of the grind. I'm like, Thursday. Uh, Yesterday, 18 hours ago, there was a report dropped that uh, former says Tennessee's planning on a full stadium in 2020. Uh, A report by Riley Gates of, uh, of 247 Sports. It said, it's looking like we will see college football in 2020. The coronavirus pandemic put a significant scare in the fans. That's an understatement of the year, maybe. Uh, however, recent return to voluntary workouts at schools might make it look like the season will take place after all. Uh, speaking on 104.5 The Zone in Tennessee, uh, Philip Fulmer uh, addressed the concerns of having fans in the stands, and he said... Tennessee's planning on playing in front of a full 102,455-fan stadium uh, here in 2020. He said, I'm confident. I think we'll play. He said, I don't think anybody knows exactly yet what that will look like, but we're planning on a full stadium and adjust from there. If we don't, we're in trouble. It's easier to adjust down than adjust up. Uh, Hopefully that the trend will turn back down after it's turned up in our country. Uh, bend the curve back down, and we can all participate if we want to. So I think it's a, I think that's a really good stance, and that's that's a that's a good plan. If you if you plan for no fans, and then all of a sudden they say, oh yeah, you're good to go. Well, one, they're not going to tell fans no, and then you're trying to corral all the resources to get concessions and everything off the ground. So I think that's that's a smart move. Kind of have an asterisk next to everything. We're going to plan until we don't have a plan. And then, uh, it, like he said, it's always easier to adjust down. Um, do you think he, in his heart of hearts, believes there's going to be 102,000 people in the stands? No. I don't think there's a chance. And it's not for them, not for lack of trying. I, I think they will make everything ready to expect 102,000 fans. But what is going to happen is people are just going to decide no. Um, they're they're going to basically look at this and say that's probably not a smart now not everybody you're still going to get a lot of the people out there shirtless slobbing around each other going <laughs> woohoo football and Aww. and and there's going to be that but there's there's going to be a large portion that are going to say I don't want that person spitting on me on accident right and you know and, and it's still going to come down to you know safety for your family safety for your kids and you know if you go to one of these games and come back and get everybody in the neighborhood sick you know how are you gonna feel about it it's less than ideal it's a little bit yeah less than ideal. i heard a really good option uh the other day and and i don't know how realistic or or feasible it is but you know these these stadiums have very good sound systems right yeah so there was there was a a, a deal that said that they should zoom uh, like certain locations like within Knoxville or within whatever city it is, like, you know, pubs, bars, restaurants, places that you could watch game and you could have small gatherings that could be loud and you just pipe in their cheering while the other team's on offense. Ooh, that's a slippery slope. Well, yeah, you you have to have seven-second delay in case they start screaming some bad things. Well, uh, I didn't even think about that. I mean, because – you know, maybe your sound system is better than somebody else's sound system, or maybe you don't have a good sound system at all. You know, like Georgia State, you know. I'm just saying. Oh, Georgia State's got a good sound system. I'm, That's Turner Field. I'm just saying. That's Turner it, 
it, these smaller schools that maybe play with you know with nothing, and you're pi- you're already piping. It. You're already a bigger team, a, a bigger uh, what's the word I'm looking uh, program already, and you're supposed to beat these teams, and now you're gonna pipe in crowd noise. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Hey, here's the thing: you're getting nine hundred thousand dollars, whatever we do. Yeah. You're getting one point one million, whatever we do. I I don't know. I don't know what that answer is. There was another option that said like put screens up on the sidelines and kind of do the same thing, like pre-record or have some piped-in fan noise somehow, and like actually just have it ruckus, you know, like like a sound. And I'm like, that's just. I don't know. That's that's so like. Uh, that's, you remember when video? That's games, Rona with extra steps. You, you, you remember <laughs> when? Uh, you, you remember when? Uh, yeah, it is, isn't it? But you remember when um, the the video game crowds yes, used to be? It was stacked pictures of fans. Yes, and it would just like twitch. It was like fan glitter. It kind of looked like because it would just like speckle. What do you think would happen the first time somebody creamed one of those? Oh, there goes that budget for the year. Well, no, I think you put it in the stands. I think oh. you put it on like row one. If I was a player, but now a kicker would be like, which one? Exactly. Am I out this yeah. Time? If I was a player, I would. Oh. Yeah, go left, go wide left, <laughs> and then all of a sudden that fan over there is blowing sparks. What, was that on Varsity Blues? Is that a Varsity Blues uh, reference? That was the water boy when uh, – Yeah, yeah, way left. Yeah, when he – Takes out the water yep. cooler, yeah. That's what I'd do. I'd do it in a heartbeat. That would be awesome. And I'd be like, oh, my bad. Whoops. Man. I'd be like, hey, remember to put that on my uh, – my, uh, my, what do you I call it? Combine score. I would 102 – Twitching bullseyes out there that I would be trying to hit. That's funny. With whatever object I had in my hand. That's funny. It, you know what's funny though is is Fulmer's not the first person to say full stadiums. Which the other one I I, I kind of I give him a hard time because I he's kind of the I'm going to talk really fast until I understand what my brain's trying to tell me. <laughs> and it's Jimbo Fisher. Yeah. Uh, Fulmer's not the first to say the SEC. Uh, may have full stadiums last week. A&M's head football coach Jimbo Fisher said he believes fans will be able to attend games as normal. And and Texas A&M's got a huge stadium. Uh, if fans are allowed to come to games like normal, it wouldn't be shocking if they were required to maintain certain protocols such as wearing masks uh, to help prevent spreading of germs. The thought of wearing a mask to a game was a concept that uh, digital reporter Andy Katz spoke about a few weeks ago. Uh, on the Paul Feinbaum show, but says he expects fans will be required to wear a mask if they are allowed to attend games at just almost period. Like yeah, that ain't going to happen. I think it's going to be rough. You ever you ever been to a game in September? If you haven't, just uh, just think of the hottest day you've ever mowed times like three because you've got all those people, and it's effectively like 110 oh, yeah. uh, in those stands. He said, I'm going to – you know, it, this is what was said by Andy Katz. He said, I'm, I'm just going to say that I think to have a mass gathering more than 50, uh, 100 people, uh, I wish we didn't have to, but I'm not a fan, and I don't like wearing the mask. But he said, I have to to because that's what's required to go into to those kind of situations. He thinks, you know, if you don't, you're almost inviting yourself to have a mass outbreak. Yeah, he's not wrong. And, and I think this is going to be one of those situations where somebody steps in and says, I'm not going to do that, and I'm just not going to go. Yeah, and, and and I'll be honest, I'm one of those. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm a 
I mean, anybody who's, who knows me or is in, in earshot of this show knows I'm a rabid Tennessee fan, and, and there's nothing like sitting in Neyland Stadium. HDTV has done a lot, but it hasn't, you know, there's nothing like, you know, a big, long touchdown against Georgia, against Alabama, against Florida. Uh, you know, in 2016, probably the most jubilant environment ever when we beat Florida there uh, in Knoxville. It's just – you can't put that on TV. Nope. It looks good. It feels good, but it's not like being there because the the place shakes, you know. And so ultimately, do I want to be there? Absolutely. Like I would love nothing more than September the fifth to be in in Section JJ. I mean, that's where I want to be. But it's probably not going to happen. No. Even if they say I can, because I have a five and a seven year old boy at home that I'm unwilling to compromise. And, and the thing is, is could it, could I go all season, wear a mask, temperature check, and be fine? Probably. But I'm just not willing to risk it. No. Now, granted, if it was closed doors and, and I couldn't get a newspaper or I couldn't watch it on TV or I couldn't understand what happened otherwise, then maybe it's a different conversation. Probably not. I'd like to think I'm a little more strong than that. But I'm saying – it's not. There's too many avenues to get the game. Yeah, it, for me to for me to worry about that. Now, you know, a lot time changes things, right? You know, this stuff kind of cranked up was really heavy in March, and we're now here in June, and it's a completely different animal, right? You know, we we it was hair on fire, run around in March, April. We kind of had a handle on it. May, we kind of started lifting. Now we're now we're kind of. We're riding that wave, right, of 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 re, relapse and then also all also recovery. I mean, even even major sports have seen that. And so, what does July look like? Do we do we finally have a breakthrough and have some level of medicinal help uh, to to kind of prevent this? I think all those things make a big difference, you know. And and so you just got to waver that. But I think Philip Fulmer to say uh, he expects full stands was just his his statement after that i think that's the yeah. headline but his statement meant we are planning to have fans because they haven't told us we can't and at that level at that volume of a stadium you, it's not vandy where you can expect 1500 you know no if if they open the doors september 5th expect 102 455 like yeah. it's gonna and, happen and that's fair that's you know that's fair and i so, get that so i think it was just it, it's it's clickbait it got me because i'm like what what does uh, Papa Fulmer know that I don't know? What is Papa Fulmer? You know that's a thing. That's like that should be his Twitter handle if he had a Twitter. <laughs> he has a Twitter, but I don't think he runs it. So I would immediately change it right now to Papa Papa, Papa Fulmer. Fulmer. Yeah, I've heard Papa Fulmer, Daddy Fulmer. I like Papa better because he's kind of a he's getting kind of papawy. I could see that he's a little papawy, but he's cool people. He came, he came on here one time. Uh, you guys yeah, remember that? I remember that. Remember that. Good times, but anyway, uh, full stadiums for Tennessee, and, and and is it happening? We don't know, but I think as of June the twenty fifth, it's a possibility. And so, as Lloyd Christmas would say, we're saying there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. That's what we're saying. And and honestly, I think it's about time that that we can turn key. Uh, to some of these sporting events because we've kind of talked about football now and they're expecting over the next couple weeks to get some activity going more so on campuses like live walkthroughs and things. You know, baseball's just announced July 1st will be opening of training camp and then July 23rd, 24th will be opening day. 
Uh, NFL is is expected to report to training camp the I think July twenty eighth. NHL I think is is kind of starting to open things up as far as uh, preseason. Whatever is that what they call it preseason? They were already in their season. So they're just kind of getting back into it'll be like a well, like a, a mini training camp or something. Yeah. I'm trying it, to I'm trying to come up. You know, have they have the Frozen Four and they have all that stuff. I'm trying to think of a training camp that refers to ice, and I'm just I'm just yeah yeah. It's like Frost, Frost, <laughs> frost, frost, frost camp, Frost camp. But whew, it's six thirty a.m. That's <laughs> bad. But uh, you know, so it's. Sports are coming back. NBA is expected to, to kind of have some semblance of a return. Uh, and, and a lot of people are, are really busting on the NBA, which I feel like, really? Like, what's the deal? They they say – somebody put on uh, social media yesterday that LeBron James is selfish because he wants to play. What? So so there's a big snafu with a bunch of players. Like, there's, there's a there's – a, a, Whatever you want to call it, there's a grouping of players that's like we're not playing, like we don't need to play from a from a health standpoint. Just shut it down, like don't do it. And then there's a group of players that say no, competitively, we want to play. And I think LeBron James is one is on that side of things for a few reasons. One, he wants the ring. He wants the ring, but but they're his, the team to beat. But his clock's ticking too. Yeah, I think yeah. he's looking at it and going, listen, this is season sixteen. I don't have a ton of these things left. No. You know, there's only so many Vince Carters, right? Yeah. You know, and Vince Carter, you know, with all due respect, hasn't taken the beating that LeBron James has taken, right? So, in my book, you're exactly right. I think if this was his last year in Cleveland Cavaliers team, LeBron's like, I ain't doing it. No. You know, not going to do it. But now he's got Anthony Davis. He's got and, – and he's deeper in Los Angeles than a lot of other play, teams are. Because you really like, and and that, I was talking to another fellow at work uh, yesterday about. They said Tennessee was a hundred to one odds to win the Southeastern Conference, which is pretty good payout. Should should said things happen, mm-hmm. and the volatility of what we're going to walk into. I mean, I think the chances are good, right? You know, it's just as good as it is not, right? So it, it is a an interesting quandary. So you come into the league, and all of a sudden, in most scenarios, you talk Toronto, you talk. You talk Golden State, you talk a lot of these places. One or two guys get the Rona and sit out for two weeks. Season's over for them. Yeah. Because you're going to lose enough games to where you can't recover, right? Sure. That's not necessarily the case for the Lakers. As long as you keep Anthony and, and LeBron separated to where one can get it but the other one doesn't, you still have a leader. Your point guard gets it. Okay, you've probably got the most postseason experienced, most volatile, most athletic Backup point guard in the league in Rajon Rondo, I mean, there's some pieces out there that says why not? Oh yeah, like jump in there and play. So what I'm getting at is, is I'm just excited for for June to be over. You know, we had the longest March in the history of the world. Uh, April was March 2.0. May took a little bit less time. It kind of moved on, and then June has just kind of done its thing. But I think July will speed through because we'll have some. Uh, uh, we'll have some uh, preseason. Yeah, I guess it'll be another preseason. Baseball, we'll have some mini camps. We'll have some college football doing some things. NFL be tuning up. They'll be doing some some trade rumors, stuff like that. Dak just signed some money. So how will the Cowboys look to, to use him, Andy Dalton, that kind of dynamic? And then um, 
I, I think you know, next thing you know, it'll be June or it'll be July twenty third, twenty fourth, and we'll be we'll be opening this thing up. Yeah, it it'll be interesting. I'm wondering what kind of things they'll do with the training camps because you know we haven't had anything for so long, and so I'm wondering, are we going to get a lot of you know behind the scenes looks, programs about just. What's everybody doing? I think you can. I think because they're not doing I think it. They will because they're not doing it like in remote locations, like yeah. you know Arizona and Florida. They're doing it at their home ballpark. Yep. So New York media can go to Yankee Stadium and check. I it out. I think that's what they're going to do because I hope so. it. You never hear anything with training camps and things like that, but I think you're going to now. I think people are going to, you know, they're going to really well, put the camera on it. Well, we're just we're just starved. Honestly, yeah. like I literally watched a bowling event the other day for a good forty-five minutes. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. It, I don't know. I don't know what was more interesting: his sunglasses in a well-lit room, uh, or uh, or the fact that uh, that he had gloves on both hands. <laughs> Felt like that was that was overkill. Yeah. Anyway, nonetheless, I digress. But uh, okay. but anyway, PBA bowling though it's it's an ESPN event now. The Ocho. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, hey, hey, let's get to our last break of the day. Listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk 72 days until it's football time in Tennessee. Some big names have wore 72. Several names on 72's list are in the Hall of Fame in Canton. And the year 1972 had some big-time champions. It was the precursor to the undefeated Dolphins season. We'll talk about that on the flip side of the break. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 a.m. and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. America is really heating up, and that requires serious fans to cool you down. Rule King has a complete cooling collection at the lowest prices every day. The two-speed direct drive fan with heavy-duty motor is now just $109.99. Don't need that much power? A 20-inch box fan is now just $14.99. You can buy online at RuleKing.com and we'll bring it to you when you arrive at your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. 
Motorists traveling in Blount County should be aware of a road closure that will have an effect on traffic in Alcoa over the next six months. Hunt Road will be closed at the Alcoa Highway overpass. The existing Hunt Road Bridge will be demolished and replaced by a new Hunt Road Bridge over Alcoa Highway. This roadway is expected to reopen to traffic in December 2020. Your local Blount County Community Food Connection is still open serving local families in time of need and hardship. We provide prepackaged groceries to help meet your nutritional and dietary needs. The Community Food Connection is open Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 10 a.m. until noon for drive-up delivery only. Residents are asked to remain in their vehicle so that our volunteers may safely distribute the food. Directions as to how to enter and depart the facility will be clearly displayed. We thank you for your cooperation and look forward to serving you at your Blunt County Community Food Connection. Have you heard about or seen the Grand's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcast and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. At the Blood Partnership, we're working to keep people safe and informed about the recent outbreak of COVID-19, the coronavirus. We know that as members of the community, businesses are experiencing unexpected challenges and we're committed to providing as much support as possible. Find business and community information on our website at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on a Thursday edition. Jeff, 72 days until it's football time in Tennessee, and 72 is the number we speak of. A lot of big-time names have worn 72 for the Vols. Uh, one is is kind of stands above the rest, and it's George Bad News Cafago, quarterback from 1937 to 39. And I know you're sitting here going, quarterback, number 72? It happened. I mean, Michigan had one that was number 88, so. Really? You yeah, know was... you know that's like, that's unwritten rule. Don't, like they, Tennessee and Michigan have to be at least 10 words apart. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. That's funny. <laughs> it said George Bad News Calf Go was, uh, was really like, a, and in a single wing offense, the quarterback's a little bit, I mean, it's not just a, a drop back passer. You know what I'm saying? Said renowned for his blocking and running skills, Cafago also played safety and quarterback. On special teams, he returned kicks and punts as well as he was the punter. Uh, in his late, in his career, Cafago rushed for 1,589 yards, threw for 550 yards, 
returned 64 punts for 883 yards, returned 12 kickoffs for 391 yards, and punted 115 times for a 38.3-yard average. He also had five interceptions. Terrible for a punter and a punt returner. <laughs> well, he's a little tired. <laughs> he's, he's a little winded, legs a little tired, probably got hit in the knee a few times by, didn't, by defenders. Didn't really get everything underneath of that throw. Well, he was tired from returning the punt that got him back the ball. Yeah, right. He, he probably did everything but throw it to himself. And I'm not sure he didn't try that. The Vols got their first major bowl win, 17 to nothing over Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl when Cafago was in that backfield. The 1938 team finished 11 and 0. Cafago was SEC Player of the Year. The 39 team, and this is the team of teams. Like this is, I will argue with any anybody of any of any fanhood that this is the greatest team of all time. The 1939. Tennessee team shut out all of its opponents during the regular season, lost in the in the Rose Bowl to Southern Cal, but didn't allow a single point in their entire regular season. Undefeated, untied, and unscored upon. That USC team was better. Yeah, sure they were. One day. <laughs> but they played in January. So honestly, <laughs> the previous year, January to December, Ooh, undefeated. That's a good point. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You turn that calendar, it changes things. Changes things. But anyway, Tennessee was 24-4-1 in Cafago's three years on, on the hill. During the two perfect regular seasons, Cafago earned back-to-back All-SEC and All-American honors. Uh, he was also a Heisman candidate. He finished seventh in 38 and fourth in 1939. Um, I will say this, and this is backing up to that 39 squad, and it's just a it's just a sidebar for, for those who are listening. It's, it's known. Bowl games were not – uh, I don't want to say not important, but really less important to to Neyland than other people. Uh, he he thought that is that's the reward. Going to the bowl game is the award, and so the, it was known that he was maybe not as as meticulous getting into that preparation for the bowl game. He wanted the kids to have fun. He wanted them to experience the 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 sights, the sounds of the Orange Bowl, and quite frankly, just didn't put a lot of lot of resonance on it because again. Back in those days, your regular season, your conference records was where your hat got hung. So uh, I think I think that's the the dynamic. But they did they did lose the bowl game. But they're undefeated, untied, I mean, and unscored you can upon. It could that you could want. that ever happen again? Because it hasn't happened since. No, it'll never happen again. Never. You know why? Because people's gonna put in backups. People are gonna you know allow a field goal here or there. So I still think it's one of the modern marvels. It's like the China was the the eighth wonder of the world. So then you move on. So that's probably the tenth wonder of the world. That was probably the tenth wonder of the world. He doesn't say anything, so he obviously agrees. Cafago was the first pick of the 1940 NFL draft, taken by the Chicago Cardinals. He eventually played for the Brooklyn Dodgers for one season before a stint in the Army. He returned to the Dodgers in '43 and spent his remaining career with a wa- ra- wow. Washington Redskins, Washington Redskins, and the Boston Yanks. Uh, Cafago served as an assistant football coach on Tennessee staff from 1955 to 1985 under five different head coaches, and UT honored the player called the ultimate volunteer by declaring September 6, 1980, George Cafago Day. I have a sticker from that very game. No kidding. No joke. No joke. So... The ultimate volunteer. Well, I mean, he just he he's very much Philip Fulmer is falling into those 
into that line without the player accolades, right? So Fulmer was a player. He's from you know he's from Winchester, Tennessee. Came to Tennessee, played, came back, assistant coach, head coach, now athletic director. So there's a lineage of just pouring it out for Tennessee every chance you got. And honestly, you you remove his professional football baseball career. Uh, George Cafago just basically stayed here. I mean, he was under five different head coaches. I mean, think about it now. There's the occasional holdover offensive coordinator. There's the occasional, you know, holdover DC. But you're not going to go well, through yeah, five coaching changes. Yeah, that's because changes. whenever he they decided they were going to fire him as the punter's coach, he became the punt returner's coach. Yeah. And when he got fired as the punt returner coach. He was special teams like the he, most times he was there. He got put in as the corner's coach. And then maybe then he got the quarterback's coach. And I mean, Oh, it was a completely different game once the quarterback's <laughs> came around. He's like, he's like, now you get get this straight. Y'all don't run the ball at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but no, George Cafago, man, he was, uh, he was at the, uh, he was, I can't remember where my father-in-law said that, that he he saw George Cafago right before he passed away, and uh, he said there was still a look about him, like he he felt like he could still do something, like he could play. Oh, I'm sure, like he could do that, and it's just that fight and fire. You know, Johnny Majors just passed away. We're losing those guys that are just. I don't lose. Like you put something in front of me, it's not going to stop me. Kind of players, and 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 Kafka was one of those guys. But but look at those accolades. You're never going to see a player like that again. Ah, uh, no. I no. mean, you know, and and I hate to, and, and you brought it up, so I'm going to have to blame you for this. But like Charles Woodson in his dual role offense, defense, whatever, is the closest thing. Michigan had another quarterback mm-hmm. that did some return duties and stuff. There's never going to be another ultimate player. There's never going to be a guy that punts. I mean, Steve Spurrier punted when he was at, at Florida when he was a player. But there's never going to be another guy that's quarterback, running back, safety, punter, punt returner, no. kick returner, and, and do all the different things that he did. Now, granted, well-rounded is probably an understatement for George Cafago, but nonetheless, uh, one of the greatest uh, to ever put on the jersey. Number 72 as a quarterback. <laughs> He'll, I, I can definitely say he's my favorite number 72 quarterback ever. Uh, offensive lineman uh, Zach Fulton also rocked Tennessee's number 72. He said, I wear 72 because it's the number I got when I got here. He said, it's significant to me because it's the first number I ever wore when starting play, when I started playing football in the eighth grade. Cool. I mean, that's a that's a dynamic that you, that you got to have. All-time number 72's Cafago kicked it off. In 37 30 through 39 uh, to, to wear 72 first. Orvis Milner uh, wore it 46 to 48. Nobody wore it for seven years after Cafago left. Jimmy Hahn wore it 49 to 51. John McWilliams wore it 1954. Uh, Frank Kalinsky uh, wore it in 55 through 57. Stu- Stuart Ballingy uh, wore it in 58 59. J.M. Dittmore wore it in 60. Ed Beard were in 1961. Bob Watson, 1962. John Eller, 1963. Joe Graham, 64 through 66. Mike Bevins, 68. Jimmy Moss, 1969. David Page, 72 through 75. Ralph Bullard, 76 and 7. Tim Ford, 1978. John Matthews, 80 through 83. Ray Robinson, 85 through 88. Chris Schuster, uh, 1989, James Wilson, 90 through 93, Jarvis Rito, uh, 95 through 98, Heath Benedict, 2003, Albert Toana, 
2004 and 5. Ramon Johnson, 2007, 8. Chase Phillips, 09. And Zach Fulton, 2010 through 2012. And then now, your current uh, number 72 on the roster is another big-time offensive lineman, five-star out of high school, and now hoping to be a starter in the Southeastern Conference, Darnell Wright, 6'6", 340-pound sophomore out of Huntington, West Virginia, Huntington High School, Darnell Wright. Big guy. Bigger hair, but big guy. Yeah, that's pretty big. He's a monster. He's a monster. But he's he's the guy that uh, uh, came in with Wanya Morris to kind of be the bookends there with Trey Smith. And honestly, Darnell Wright, Wanya Morris, Trey Smith, and uh, Cade Mays all on the same offensive line scare me, and I'm never going to be on the same grass. Do what? I <laughs> Oh, I said those four on the same offensive line, and Brandon Kennedy. That's shaping up to be a really good line. It can be. I think so. Unfortunately, you know, it's going to be amazing that nobody gets to see them. But hey, we got about three minutes to go, and I know you have a baseball player at number seventy-two. I might, we might need to spin to that. Yeah, Carlton Fisk. Carlton Fisk. I don't know anything about him. He just popped up. He wore seventy-two. He wore seventy-two, and all we ever get is the football players, and that's it. And for, you know, Carlton Fisk. It says when he when he retired in 1993, Carlton Fisk closed his 24-year career as a record holder for most home runs by a catcher, a record that stayed until 2009. He was a Hall of Fame player that was an All-League Rookie of the Year, 1972, and over the span of his career was voted on to All-Star teams 11 different times, won a gold, Golden Glove and three-time Silver Slugger, a Pudge, Famously hit the game-winning home run in the 12th inning of Game 6 of the 1975 World Series. Other notable uh, number 72, Ed Tall jones of the NFL and Dan Deerdorf of the NFL. He's actually listed as the Hall of Famers. There's one more. Go ahead. Refrigerator Perry. Yeah. Old Fridge. He's actually a really funny dude, too. Funny? Is he like comedian funny? Yes. Really? So he, they, uh, do you remember the Man Show? Yeah, Ziggy Zoggy Ziggy Zoggy. Yeah, he was on there a couple times, and he hung out with those guys. And I tell you what, he was funny. The, and then and they poked at him being so big and stuff like that. Like he, they were all on a fishing boat together, and he stepped off, and the other two jumped in the water like the boat just threw him off. When he, <laughs> I mean, it it was just funny. That's hilarious. Hey, so something happened. Let's see how big of a Steelers fan you are. You know what happened for the first time in Steelers history? December twenty third, nineteen seventy two. Hmm, first time in Steelers history. It's gonna blow your mind. December. Oh. I don't know. Dent, dent. We're going to need your answer, Trebek. In the first Pittsburgh Steelers playoff game in their 25-year franchise history, they got their first playoff win. Oh. First playoff win. Rookie Franco Harris salvaged and converted into a touchdown in the final seconds as Terry Bradshaw's incomplete pass in what would have been called the greatest play in NFL history than an immaculate reception beat the Oakland Raiders 13-7. to Okay. There you go. January 16th, the Dallas Cowboys beat the Miami Dolphins to – them off. I was about to say something really bad. Uh, made them mad and started what was the undefeated season. That was the last time they would lose in the 72 season as 73 would be their championship undefeated season. But, you know, 72 led to 73. And tomorrow we'll talk about 71. Uh, but the Orange Bowl saw the Nebraska Cornhuskers beat Alabama to win the national championship in 1972. 
But we're out of time and we're hitting the top of the hour. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on. We'll be back tomorrow. Don't miss it.